Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Autumn. And I'm Peter, coming at you live from the other room. <laughs> I got COVID. <laughs> yes, she did. And by some and right- miracle, Peter did not. <laughs> no, I'm home free. Uh, so right now, my biggest concern, aside from the, the constant job search, is that Autumn's computer doesn't act up while we're recording. Because we just worked on it for, like, an hour. All so that I could do this without wearing a mask. (laughs) Yep. And I don't even know if it's going to sound much better. (laughs) But we're trying to figure it out. So uh, bear with us if there's a little audio issues. Um, We're really just trying to get these recordings done before something goes wrong and Autumn can't hear me anymore. Because Discord's working fine, but for some reason, the laptop Autumn's using for mobile gaming laptop. Anyway, the first movie we watched this week was Breaker Uppers. Yep, that's right. This is the story of Mel and Jen, who are two friends that are cheated on by the same guy. He didn't break up with either of them. They, it's one of those situations where they find out about the other woman together and they decide to confront him together. And because of this, they become really good friends and they start a business together where they help spineless people like that guy break up with their partners so that what happened to them doesn't happen to other people. But the whole idea of the movie is that Mel starts to get cold feet and feel kind of icky about all of this, um, just because the way they go about things are very drastic. The case that starts to make her feel like really weird about it is them pretending to be cops and telling a woman that her husband is missing. And they do things like that a lot throughout the movie. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a crime, but then again, it is New Zealand, so... That was one thing that I liked about this movie, was that it was set in New New Zealand. I give it points for that. Yeah, oh my gosh, the... One of the funnier lines was that, like, uh... We shouldn't see each other again, or something. And she goes, well, I mean, we will. New Zealand. Yeah. (laughs) better, Better chances than not, but... (laughs) it's a small little island country this movie was just okay i rated it bad but good peter rated it and i quote a low entertaining yes a low entertaining it was entertaining i don't know it was fun i I like these kind of like smaller artsy-ish comedy things you know like low low budget comedies that's just clearly like a passion project from a couple comedians they're not doing anything nuts little you know just some interpersonal relationship stuff i guess i thought the premise was going to lead to a lot i i guess i thought i was going to laugh more in the grand scheme of it i thought that the premise would lead to a lot more funny situations but in in reality a lot of things were just kind of like sad like pathetic sad um yeah which i mean i thought that was you know kind of what i expected I really like like this 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 movie is a comedy like Cashback is a comedy. Right? We watched Cashback a while ago, I think, right? Which... The one with the the actor who plays Oliver Wood in the Harry Potter movies. Okay, we are thinking he, like, about he the can same thing. Freeze time in a supermarket. Yeah, it's got that like kind of like you know this is a little more Kiwi humor than British humor, but still that like like low budget like comedy kind of cool like art movie esque vibe. The other thing about it that kind of made me feel 
a little bit disappointed, even a little bit icky, is that the main character ends up in a relationship and eventually pregnant with a high school boy who comes to their business to break up with his girlfriend. That all just felt very the to me. Is he high school or is he... He's in high school. Is he like just out of like whatever they have equivalent of high school there? He's 18 or he's 17 when they start, right? Yes, which is legal, apparently. Which is legal in New Zealand. <laughs> and in I think most... It cut out. I can't hear you. You still hear me? Oh, I can now. Oh, well, we're going to leave that in. See, this is what we've been dealing with. Um, you know, those former crown countries under the British crown, I think a lot of the, like, like age of consent is, like, 17 or something like that. I know it is it's in Harry Potter. Low. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it seems low to us Americans with our general 18 age of consent, even though some states are kind of gross and still lower than that. Um, but, you know, it, it's whatever. They, they're adults at that point. They're allowed to drink. They're allowed, you know, they can make all their own decisions. But he's so, in high school. That's what... Okay. He, I, I, I couldn't. I, I must have missed that he was actually in high school. That is kind of, you know, stupid. And the, like in like a university kind of thing. And the whole thing is that she and Jen live together, Mel and Jen, and then they get in this big fight, and so Mel is moving out, and she moves in with Jordan, who lives with his mom still. Yeah. So she like drives them around and stuff. It's all very. This is like cringe comedy. It's not like laugh out loud comedy, and that's why I wanted it to be. Yeah, the, it, it had a very British style in that, in that regard. I think that, like, oh my god, you know, kind of like, oh no, comedy. Yeah, speaking of oh no comedy, the entire character of Sepa, who is Jordan's girlfriend, he's trying to break up with. She made me very uncomfy. She was too intense for me. Yeah, that's, that's about right. I mean, anyway, basically, her character made me feel uncomfortable. Another character that made me feel uncomfortable is the actual police officer. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, the the creepy like she lady who was like super into them pretending to be strippers. Being strippers, yeah. Uh, acting really sexual at the club later. Yeah, so that whole beginning plot line where I talked about them pretending to be police officers kind of goes on to backfire for them because Mel starts to feel guilty and they end up taking this wife of this guy they help pretend to be missing to the police station with them where then the real police are wondering why they're there and think that they're strippers and eventually they get kicked out of the police station. That was... One of the rare actual comedic scenes in this movie for me. I don't know how you feel, but... Yeah? I don't know. I, I think I liked that the least. I was like, oh, God. I'm gonna <laughs> get arrested. I don't know. I, I... I think overall the movie was pretty good. I think the funniest scene in the movie to me was that was when they were doing coke in the bathroom of her parents' house. Oh, I forgot about that. that. That it was actually probably just borax. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be Ajax. <laughs> Your father hasn't bought any cocaine. That'll be Ajax. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. Her brother was a good character. I wish there had been more of him. Yeah, he was entertaining. Yeah, he was intriguing to me. I guess I just... Yeah, I mean 
Go ahead. You you don't think there was enough of it, or do you think it was just like, because it was only an hour and a half. Yeah, it was just incredibly forgettable to me. An hour and 20. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I still kind of think about it a little bit, Um, but, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it's going to stick with me super hard. It was fine while we were watching it, but... I don't know, and maybe it's one of those things where, like, if I had watched it at a different time, I would have liked it more, because I was having a hard time, like, focusing on anything when we watched it, so, and we did watch it, um, separately, over, uh, Netflix party, teleparty, whatever it is now. Yeah. So that's a factor. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I th- I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like bad in my opinion. You know. Yeah. It was, it was a concise little experience. It was kind of fun. I can imagine them would go around to festivals, maybe. You know, would be anything crazy, being like the indie comedy or something like that. But you know, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, we clearly don't it's, really have a lot to say I, about it though. Yeah. No, this whole week is kind of not things things we don't have a lot to say about until the media break. But I think my main, uh, um, perhaps, I don't want to say issue, but like my main, like. You cut out. Fully cut out? Like you can't hear me at all? I hear you now. You said my main issue and then nothing. Oh. Well, my main issue, which is not really an issue, um, I it's like an experience that I had, uh, I really liked, like, I, I, I compared this to Cashback. I really like Cashback. That's a movie that gets outstanding. Like, if I, if I were to rate it today through our system, right, or whatever our top tier is, it is outstanding, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I, that movie is so good. It just hits so well. Um, it's, like, it's, such, it's so relatable, even though it's completely unrelatable in some ways, you know, and it's, like, super British, and it's super awesome. This movie was like, it was just good. It was okay. You know, it's, it's like, it seems like, I don't think they were trying to capture that sort of lighting in a bottle feeling that I feel when I watch Cashback and just like really enjoy it, you know? But like, I just think it was, I think it was good. I think it was fine. And it's not something I'd re- I regret watching, you know? So no problem with it. Yeah. I just, I think my main thing is I just really liked the premise and it just didn't really live up to that for me. I wanted to laugh a lot more. I wanted to see more of those antics and less of their relationship, friendship with each other. I just didn't care about that as much. So I think that's the main turnoff for me, is I just like had preconceived notions of what it would be, and I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty much... Maybe we can move on to the video break if you yep. want Okay, Peter, you can go first. So I have done far less media break than Autumn has this week. Is that what um, we're calling it now? Doing media break? Yes, I have done far less <laughs> media break this week. Um, so Autumn, because she she got the, the raw coronavirus, um, she got to have all this extra time just chill and theoretically i also had that same time to like you know catch up on reading and catch up on you know 
all the stuff that I said I was going to do last week, where I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'd really like to get done with some, uh, some uh, whatever, right? Like, I wonder if I wanted to finish some Expanse books and you know read some Invincible and all that shit. I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that at all. Um, I barely did anything this week. In fact, most of my week has been playing Terraria because apparently, because I I, I had a hankering for it like a couple of weeks ago, and. It just happened because that's a lot of grinding. Playing Terraria involves a lot of grinding, and having Autumn like fully indisposed and isolation. Please explain the definition of grinding in this context. So this is grinding in the video game context, where you're just putting your nose to the grindstone, that sort of thing, or the the the, the grind rise and grind gamers sort of thing. Uh, um, so we're we're putting hours in right into this Terraria game. Just to, because Emer's first time playing it, my buddy Emer, uh, my friend Jordan, we played it together during the pandemic, and since we were having a same sort of pandemic-style isolation thing in our own house, um, with me dealing with our adorable little dog and my wife stuck in a different room, um, I just sort of locked myself back into Terraria, um, which, I mean, it, it was it's a good way to pass a lot of time. Um, it's not the most productive way, certainly, because obviously it would have been better for me to have gotten that reading done or anything else, really, anything else. But Terraria is what I did, and we're wrapping up, we're getting close to finishing that. I played D&D still. Um, yeah, I didn't get any of my cool reading done. I didn't, uh, I didn't really watch any shows that I've been, like, you know, continuing. I haven't got any, like, Black Lagoon, I think, that I started with, uh, my one friend. I haven't finished that. Um... I might have watched a couple episodes of the Pacific since then. I don't know if I talked about that last week. We definitely watched uh, a few of the a few of those episodes. I think it might have been one of the first nights of the isolation. Um, that's really good. We've seen three episodes of it. At the point, I'm pretty sure, um, and I have had a very good time with it. Um, that's of course the HBO miniseries about the Pacific War in World War II. Not uh, it's, it's the, kind of the companion to Band of Brothers, European theater. Um, the other thing, besides the Pacific War book, uh, series, um, I watched Anchorman with my friends <laughs> the other night um, because my one friend, Emer, just said, said that he had never seen it, and we were all like, that's ridiculous. You have to watch Anchorman. It's such a good movie. You cut out. How much? Such a good move. It's such a good movie. It's so good. Um, Anchorman is just an excellent film. It's really funny. Uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot there, and it's 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 just some classic lines. I that I for, always forget are from that until we started watching it again, and I was like, oh, this this is a meme line right here. People quote this all the time. There it is. Oh, like the um the well that escalated quickly. I mean that really got out of control fast. <laughs> you know, just a bunch of really classic stuff. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for Anchorman 2. That's the one I've seen the most, I think. But both of them are really good movies. Yeah, that's my whole, that's my whole media break. I don't even know what I did, man. I finished The Maidens. Reality. What? Reality TV, right? Oh, I'll get there. <laughs> I finished The Maidens by Alex Michaelides, a book, thriller book, set in Cambridge, about 
a secret society called the Maidens and a bunch of murders. I don't want to say too much because it is a mystery thriller. I read that for my book club with my friends. We meet every other month. And we discussed that on Sunday, and we had a really good meeting. So that was a lot of fun. I'm still listening to Wolf Hall on audio. It's kind of dragging along. I just, whenever something like this, uh, and by that I mean me getting sick, happens, I have the hardest time just, like, focusing on things. So I have, I, like, find myself with all this time to read and stuff, and then I just, like, cannot focus in. So I did finish that book for book club basically because I had to. Um, I did not listen to a lot of my audiobook. I started another Warrior Cats book because I needed something really just dumbed down. Um, And so that's been kind of nice because that's about all I can focus on right now. I finished season seven of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I started The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is arguably significantly worse than the real housewives of atlanta though i don't know if that's true or not because it's hard for i've been watching the real housewives of atlanta for so long now that these are people who like actually know each other at this point whereas like i bet if i went back to season one i'd feel kind of similarly but yeah so i started real housewives of salt lake city just to take a break from atlanta before i go back because there's only one season of salt lake city out right now And I've still, I watched all of season two and most of season three of Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath series. I've also been listening to their podcast, the Fair Game podcast. I've also been listening to a little bit of Mormon Stories by John DeLynn, a podcast. Um, And my childhood best friend and I watched the first Iron Man movie, which was very exciting. It was her first time watching it, and we are going to watch the second one this week. I'm watching Egretsuko, the anime, Netflix anime about the red panda who hates her job and sings death metal with my friend Gina. We are almost done, but not quite. And I think that's pretty much everything for me. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up the media break. Peter picked a weird movie this week. Oh, are we talking now? Yeah. I picked Cyrus. It's a 2010. Jonah Hill, John C. Riley, and Marissa. Do you know how to say her last name? Oh, May. I didn't realize that was Aunt May from Spider-Man. Oh, the whole movie? You didn't realize that? I didn't realize that until the next day when I started taking notes. Oh shit, yeah, no, I knew that right away. I knew I knew her from somewhere, but I couldn't I couldn't make the connection. She's also in King of Staten Island, apparently. I, I don't know. I don't remember that movie very well, to be honest. Are you yeah. are you looking it up? Yeah. That's the one nice thing about uh about <laughs> recording while we uh at different computers. Margie, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. She might have been one of the girls at the... She might have been, like, the one female firefighter. Not sure. Yeah, I have no recollection. But she was in that... She was in that movie, too. Do you want to give a little synopsis for this movie? Well, I mean... uh, John C. Riley, who plays John, which is really convenient, 
Um, I bet actors love when they have to play somebody with their exact same first name. That's why when they can make their own show, they give themselves their own first name. (laughs) The Mindy uh, Project, Reba, I'm sure there's five million others. Seinfeld. Oh, absolutely, yeah, Seinfeld. uh, Oh, God. um, There's so many. They all have the same, basically the same names. Yeah, there's so many. (laughs) They even, like, only mildly changed their own last names for that show. Um... Yeah, but anyway, uh, John C. Riley's character—he's—he's uh, he's been divorced for like seven years. He's in a rut. Um, his his wife's getting his ex-wife's getting remarried, right? Um, they just didn't work out. You know, it wasn't anything like violent on either end, like no cheating. They just like you know, he he was in a spiral or something. Couldn't get it together. She left him. You know, apparently there's there's there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of hard feelings. Is what I'm saying. Pretty amicable breakup. Yeah, it actually felt really bad for her fiance. That must have been very annoying for him. He was yeah. oh, he, he was a... annoyed the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're still they're still very close. She's clearly like the only close relationship in John's life, so he's like not sure how to have boundaries with that. It is very clear. Yeah. Yeah, who plays who... oh Matt Walsh. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff too. Um I really, I recognize him from a bunch of things. But anyway, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, she, she makes him come to a party because she feels bad for him because she, she's getting remarried, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, they go to this party, he meets Marissa Tomei's character, Molly, right? Um, and they hit it off. Uh, do they have have sex that night? I think they do. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they do. Um, and then, like, you know, she leaves him, or or, or that or he he gets her number in some way, right? She gives him her number. They do. She, and then she leaves her number on the pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going real well. And, and and then he, like, the one night she, like, leaves, and and it seems kind of sketchy, and he's worried that, like, she's, like, maybe, like, using him to cheat on a husband or something, right? Um, so he follows her home, which is a little creepy, but I mean, they sort of, they, they, they play it off like, like it's, like, it, like, it's more concerned than he is, like, actually, you know, she does seem kind of, like, stressed out, upset when she leaves. A um, little creepy the, is the theme the of the movie. middle of the night, yeah. It's only an hour and a half long, and it's, a, it's kind of a comedy, although it said comedy drama on Netflix, but I'm seeing romance drama on Google. Um, which makes more sense. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just sort of see, you know, he, he finds out that she has a son played by Jonah Hill. He's 22. She must have had him real young, you know? Um, and like, yeah, they have a really weird, unhealthy, codependent relationship because of that. Because she had him so young. Right? And they've been like, solo for a while and uh this codependent relationship sort of surfaces uh with uh Joan Hill's character desperately trying to emotionally manipulate her and uh get John kicked out of the house basically or kick you know like keep John away and that's the whole movie yeah pretty much sort of culminates in uh physical altercation happening between John and uh, 
And Cyrus, who is of course the name of Gunhill's character, um, at uh, John's ex-wife's re like, you know, her new wedding. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, immediately Marissa Tomei like thinks that John's hurting him. Uh, and he's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, in her defense, John is on top of him when she sees the fight. Yeah, even though at no point does he actually, like, attack him. Right. Mostly, um, pretty much 100% Jonah Hill just throwing John C. Riley around, because this is 2010 Jonah Hill before he lost all that weight, you know? So, he's still, like, a, a big dude. <laughs> and John C. Riley's just a normal man. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Also, obviously, not the best movie ever. I did like the small cameo by Kate Asselton, or Katie Asselton. Um, she's in uh, The League. She's a really good comedy actress, and she does, like, little bit parts and stuff. She's briefly there for a second at the party. Mm. Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping that she would be one of the main characters, <laughs> but she wasn't. But yeah, no. It's kind of like pretty, uh, I don't know about Marissa Tomei, but, you know, you do see like comedy actors that like want to like branch off into more serious stuff. They'll do small movies like this, you know? So we see like Jonah Hill and we see John C. Riley, Um, and like, this is kind of like them padding out. I, I feel like stuff like this is them padding out their portfolio. People can look at John C. Riley and go, oh yeah, you know, uh, He's just a goofball, or rather than, or, or and, and instead they like look at him and go, oh, uh, you know, he's done a lot of stuff actually, right? Because like, and most people see John C. Riley, they go, oh yeah, the other guy from Step Brothers that wasn't Will Ferrell. <laughs> he does goofy stuff really well. But. Yeah, I prefer him in those kinds of roles, to be honest. <laughs> I really liked him in uh, Kong Skull Island. He's like great comic relief in that semi-serious movie, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was fine. I was hoping it'd be more funny, you know? I hope it'd be, there'd be more comedy in the in him trying to kick John C. Riley out and less like, oh my god, is this gonna turn into a thriller? Yeah, it was not funny at all. I, I, my major note is that this kind of fell flat for me because I felt like the whole time it was leading up to something big and shocking. They set it up like a thriller in that way. Um, but the big, sh big shocking thing never really happens. Um, I did like the happy ending, though. I just wish yeah. that there was more leading up to it. I would have felt like a little bit more closure. But I do like Jonah Hill's character comes and finds John at his apartment and, you know, admits that he's, you know, kind of a messed up person. He needs to work on himself and, you know, asks John to come back, you know, give him a ride and... And everything is kind of resolved at the end, which I did like that part. I just felt like... Yeah, I mean, it shows that he's not just a total sociopath, right? Like, once he, like, realizes that, oh, shit, like, no, like, my mom really actually liked this guy. Yeah, he's you know? just he's just acting like a, like a 10-year-old. Like, he's not acting, like, malicious in any way. He's just acting way younger than he is when it comes to his mom getting into a relationship. Oh, yeah. There was one scene at the nighttime that we were, like, a little bit nervous that this was going to become, like, a little too much on the mother-son thing. 
he like has night terrors and she goes to him but she just like holds him and yeah you know, literally like he's like 10 years old that's basically the whole premise is she just treats him like he's still a little kid which is you know weird but not as weird as it could be yeah it could be worse it could always be worse Oh man, or the or the scene where Jonah Hill's like standing there pantsless right after yeah. that, holding a giant kitchen knife. That that's like I think that's where the comedy aspects of this kind of kick in a little bit. It's just that that light like, uh, and then he's like, no, you're just making a fucking PB and J. It's like super like, oh geez, he's he's gonna stab that man. This is gonna get real bad. See, I just can't do that. Like that's the same thing I was saying with the breaker uppers. Like I just the. The, like cringe comedy is not funny to me it's not funny haha it's funny in an oh god no kind of way but that's not fun that does nothing for my like I, I i don't even know how to describe it i took i took a couple of humor classes in undergrad and we talked a lot about how something doesn't have to make you laugh in order to be humorous but there's like almost a click in your brain that just, like, is satisfying and, like, a, huh. Like, something that makes you go, like, huh. Or, like, oh, I get that. Can also be humorous. And I just didn't feel that way about any of this. Anything that makes me feel secondhand embarrassed or, like, cringy, I want no part in. And that is my TED Talk. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, we had, like, two movies that, I mean, I think we're just there, all right. I don't um, think you'll be hearing about them again. <laughs> no... Um, but you know you gotta you can't we can't just always watch good movies you know you gotta you gotta throw some garbage in there too i just prefer in this case some stuff that's just like okay Uh, i prefer it when we watch like if we're gonna watch a just okay one that we at least watch a really good one also you know we have two movies in a week and we just really messed this week up yeah i think this week's just been a shitty week i have to ask you something do you prefer, would you prefer if a movie is, like, really bad, or if it's just, like, fine, like these? I would prefer if it's just, like, fine. I feel that way to some degree, but also, from, like, the podcasting standpoint, I would so much rather it be horrible. Oh, I, I have yeah, nothing sure. to say about, like, the Breaker Uppers, that was painful for me to talk about, because I just, like, don't care. Like, I watched it, I don't need to talk about it. Yeah. I think it was all right. It wasn't bad, um, and I think that there there are worse to talk about. But I enjoy watching them because it, it it's more of a like movie is like when a movie is just okay to me. Um, it it ends up I end up like compartmentalizing it in my brain as more of like an art experience, you know. Well, that's very mature to, and admirable of you. Yeah, as opposed to like a like a crazy entertainment experience. And I know entertainment can be art. I'm not trying to say that both of those are separate, but there are definitely some movies that are designed more to be like art films. And something like this, or like I think Lady Bird, we both had the kind of the same reaction to. Like it was a good movie, but it was like it was pretty artsy and not like super, you know, like it wasn't laugh out loud at any points. It was like more serious. And that know? definitely was not. I mean, it still isn't, but that definitely was not my vibe at the time we watched that because that was years ago. Yeah. And, like, so I, whenever a movie is, like, it's not a bad movie and everyone's acting well enough, right? Like, the acting is fine. Um, it doesn't piss me off, right? 
And I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, this is it's a movie we're watching. Maybe you know, I'm not. It's not gonna reinvent the wheel for me. I don't think it's incredible, but like, it's it's fine. It's a good movie. It's it's a movie. You know, it's good. Um, and it's not like you know. So like, but it's like, like we watched some real piles of shit this year so far. Uh, pardon my language there, but like, you know, like, and when we watch those, I'm just like, this is a waste of my time, you know? Okay. Whereas, like, movies like this, I don't think are a waste of my time. I think they're, you know, I, I think it's, it, I, I view them more as, like, an art. Where I'm like, oh, let's appreciate it for, like, the fact that they're trying to tell us a story. The... You're much more mature than me in that aspect, I think. I don't mind. I don't mind a good hate watch every once in a while. Yeah, I I don't like those. Gets <laughs> so me all fired up. <laughs> okay, well let's end this because this entire um, recording experience has been very painful, and editing is not going to be fun. <laughs> I'm just doing this as a as an artful editing experience, you know. I guess. I was just okay. All right, you can cut it out. <laughs>